Hey guys, welcome to week eight of the podcast. Today I spoke to Kira Wills. Now, Kira's story is one of resilience and a couple of setbacks and an ability to keep working through three knee reconstructions. So for all of the athletes and humans who have been through long-term injuries or are currently going through a long-term injury or repeat injury, this episode will be of much value to you. So enjoy. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Hey guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. This is week eight. I'm sitting here with Kira Wills. Kira, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about about what you do and your little your journey up to this point. Um, so I am my professional life. I'm a teacher. Um, I'm also a netball coach, have previously been a netball player, currently back in playing, which I'm sure we're talking about. Awesome. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of different layers to me, but yeah, teaching and netball is pretty much life for me. Awesome. Previously a player, tell me about <laughs> the journey. It's been a it's been a long road. Yeah. Um, so I was playing quite elite netball when I was younger. Yeah. So I was in fifteen state teams, seventeen state team, Australian squads, nineteen state teams. Um, but unfortunately, came across three knee reconstructions within the space of two years. Oh and, yeah. Um, yeah, that pretty much put a dent in. My netball career for a little while and has only just pretty much come back, so yeah, it's been a while. Tell me about the first knee, the first time you, um, you did it, what happened? So I was, uh, I think I, I just finished playing in an under-19 state team. Um, I had, I was just playing normal Wednesday night, playing VNL, well, it was the old competition, old state league competition, Yeah. Um, and just doing what I normally do and got... Um, taken out, my leg pretty much got run through, and Sorry, yeah. um, so it was kind of it's an unusual one to do. You know, you know, it's not your common twisting and landing and things like that. So there was pretty much wasn't anything I could do. Yeah. Um, for that one, so that was uh, I was in the middle of year twelve, so I was wasn't even eighteen at the time. I was still seventeen and playing quite a high level. And yeah, first knee was was done. I pretty much did everything in my knee. There wasn't much left over, yeah. to be honest. What was uh, kind of the first thing that ran through your mind, if you can remember oh. back that far? Uh, it was more, you know, my state teams and things like that. Like, yeah. I was in the midst of it all. I was in Australian squads and all that sort of stuff. So I was actually only a couple of weeks from going up to Canberra to train at the AIS. So when that happens, it all sort of comes in and, um, yeah. Why me? Just, yeah, pretty much. You just think, why? Why has this happened and how did it happen and all that sort of jazz. So, and then pretty quickly I moved on to... It actually wasn't terrible timing in terms of it kind of gave me a bit of a focus for year 12 as well. So, yeah. um, you know, I could focus on that. But I was always able to manage things anyway. But, yeah, kind of put a little dint in that one, unfortunately. How'd you, so, go, with, how'd you go with your rehab, I guess, yeah. from doing it to having surgery while you're doing year 12? Did you kind of tick all the boxes? Yeah, I was pretty good, actually. I was seeing um, a physio up in the Olympic Park, so I was having to travel fair distance. Mum and Dad were taking me up there. and yeah. um, But my physio was amazing. He was incredible, and he got um, gave me plenty of feedback and 
got me on the right track, which was good. So yeah. I was pretty good. <laughs> I was pretty diligent. My, um, but you know, it's you always have your up and down days where you don't yeah, want to do course. it and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I was pretty good. I was pretty happy. With what that. kept you on track during that first first Rico? Oh, I think mainly just you know thinking about what I can get back to. I was still pretty young, so I was only. I was a bottom age under 19s playing in that state team that year that I did it so and being recognised in the Australian squad already so I knew that there was still a fair bit ahead of me so um, that sort of kept me on track most of the time um, to actually continue to get through it and work through it so yeah that was pretty much it. How long between when you did the first one to when you started getting back into full training and playing? Um, I was back playing post-surgery, I was back playing about nine and a half months. Um, so yeah, got everything, ticked all the boxes, did all the testing and stuff that they give me, um, all the tests, the back to sport tests and things like that all came back good. And, um, yeah, so it was about nine and a bit months after post-surgery that I came back to play. Um, came back through state league, um, played division one before moving my way back up to champ. Um, so yeah, about nine and a half months really. Awesome. Then, so the transition from... I guess rehab to training to playing yeah. into knee number two. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How'd that happen? Uh, it was about three months later. Yeah. So I was only back playing for about yeah three months ish, and I'd actually been selected in the um, the Northern Territory Australian Netball League team. So I was an import player. They had about three import players, I think, to kind of build up there. So I just missed out on the Victorian side of things, and yep. they kind of put your fort name forward to the other. Um, teams and states that don't get as much representation so I was playing for them and I was actually over in Perth uh, playing I'd played on the Friday night I think against Singapore and then I was playing against WA on the Saturday and went up for a high ball and came down and pretty much put all the weight through my opposite leg this yeah. time um, which is quite common I've heard and yep. yeah straight away it just buckled and I pretty much knew straight away but um physio tried to tell me otherwise but um (laughs) I got back to Melbourne and soon yeah I got back to Melbourne and soon realized that yeah second time it was done all right how how did the I guess the mindset straight away differ from the first time um oh it was a lot harder it was a lot harder just knowing that you've gone through all of that work to get back and knowing that it was going to be pretty much another 12 months until I could get back to that point again um yeah, that was pretty disappointing. I think I'd been named in the under twenty one squad at that point too for for the big so teams. So you're playing so pretty good netball. Yeah, I was yeah. playing. I still wasn't back to my best. No, I wasn't back to my best, but I still was up there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I had to. It was yeah, it was pretty disappointing. It was hard, you know, because I knew deep down straight away once I'd done it, but I didn't want obviously that to affect the girls and things yeah. like that. I sort of had to keep my well, I'm not very good at keeping my emotions <laughs> in check anyway, so it didn't do very good at that. But I tried my best to kind of keep myself on track for yeah. um, the rest of that weekend before I could fly home and get myself checked out back to my physio and gave him the dreaded news and said we're back on it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that the mindset? going into it we're back into it let's get stuck pretty in. pretty much pretty much you know we had a couple of decisions we discussed whether I'd go through the same surgeon again and yeah. in the end um I decided I would just because I knew exactly what I was going through I knew exactly how he worked you know um surgeons are all different and how they are and what they do so I wanted to I knew the hospitals I knew all that sort of stuff I knew what to expect so yeah it was a little bit it was it was a different mind frame that's for sure um yeah you know, to make sure we ticked all those boxes again. But I think in the same token, I kind of felt like, all right, I've done them both now. I'm pretty even. I'm, <laughs> yeah. They'll both be pretty good now. Yeah. So 
I don't know. It was a di- it was certainly a different feeling. It was a harder feeling. Yeah. Did you sure. follow the same, I guess, rehab protocol and plan for the second one as you did the first? Yeah, we did. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same. We knew that I wanted to get back and play, and I still had that in my in my mental frame that I wanted to get back and play. And yeah. so yeah, we pretty much approached everything the exact same. Um, so that was the first one I did it in. I think it was July two thousand and nine. Yeah. And then that second one was I got it done in September two thousand and ten. So. Yeah, about a year and a bit after it. So, during the second rehab, how mm. much did it teach you about yourself, about resilience? And oh, so much. Like I was doing, I was doing a um, AFL traineeship at the time, so I took a year off, a gap year between school and uni, and yep. I just had to. I guess I sort of had to take it as more of an adult too. I was eighteen. I was, you know, I wasn't going to school anymore. I was yep. earning my own money. I had to take, you know, sick leave and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, yeah, I had to be. I had to be pretty resilient, um, and I certainly learned a lot from it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, getting through that, so it was a battle. It was a battle. There were certainly imagine. many mental demons that my mum and dad <laughs> would have told you about um, that that we sort of, you know, had to battle through. But yeah. you know, the end goal was still there. I still wanted to get back and play netball, so I had awesome. to. I had to do that. I had to get through it somehow. I guess. How long did it take you to get back into full training and, and games? Uh, well, I never quite made it back. You didn't get there? No. So I got, I'd just seen my physio on the Tuesday and he'd given me the all clear to play. So yeah. I had to get through. Um, we had, I think it was a Tuesday that I saw him and we had a home game, not the following Saturday, but the Saturday after. Yeah. And um, he told me that I could be right for that game. So I basically had to get through two weeks of full um Full work, full contact work on the court, training and stuff, and then I would have been all clear to play. So that was the Tuesday, and I trained Friday night and did it again. <sighs> so um, I was about a week and a bit away from playing um, when I. How when long post stop was one. was the third one? Um, so that would have been that would have been pretty much bang on nine, ten months. Yeah. Um, since the, since the second one that I did that, so yeah, never quite made it back. Um, but you ticked all the boxes. I ticked done. all the boxes. Yeah. That, Took the same testing stuff, and it was the same leg as my second one. So okay. I did the left one, the first one, and then my second and third reco were on my right leg. So, yep. um, look, who knows what caused that third one? You know, it might not have taken completely. The graft might not have been 100% right. Yeah. Or it could have just been my bad luck, <laughs> really. <laughs> who knows? So, yeah, um, yeah that one so I was that one. Knew. Was the third one an impact injury, or, or, or um, was that a landing injury? They were all different. So, okay. that one, so the first one I got taken out, second one I... Uh, was landing obviously and yep. then the third one I just twisted okay. so um, yeah they were all very very different and yep. yeah it was just a, a standard stock standard <laughs> drill that I yeah. do I get my kids to do all times. the time and athletes to do all the time these days so um, yeah it was just really yeah That's straightforward yeah. oh yeah that was a that wasn't a great night not gonna lie yeah, yeah. I can imagine yeah, what Obviously, like take us back to that that night, and I guess the, yeah. the couple of days following. How yeah. how did you deal with it? How did you? Not very well. No. <laughs> that wasn't a great one. No. Um, but at that point, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, it was a third. It was, I knew I was going for a third Rico, and yeah, I did text my physio that night and said, "Look, I need to come and see you. You know, Monday, Tuesday, and this is what's happened." And yeah. we pretty much both knew straight away. He knew when I walked into to him on the Monday or whatever day it was that that was yep. pretty much it we knew how my knees felt and how it shouldn't feel and that was pretty much done so you know I had to go through all the confirmations MRIs and things like that but um yeah that was pretty tough it was certainly yeah. very tough um but in the same token we still at the beginning went through everything as per normal 
um, recovery from it once again we went through the discussion do we say with the same surgeon I guess this time I probably would have been more likely to change due to the fact that maybe something went wrong with yep. my second one um, but in doing so I still same thing came out the same thing I knew what to expect I knew what he was going to do I knew how he worked I knew how he rolled so just took that as being all right let's go through him again and yep. go through the same process so yeah did the exact same process um, up until probably oh, maybe three months post-op yep. where I had to make the decision whether I was going to, are we rehabbing for just general life or are we rehabbing for netball? And I had to make that call and that's probably one of the hardest things I've had to do. How did you How did you make that call? How did you actually put yourself through that? <sighs> to well, be honest, I can't remember. Yeah, okay. I don't know how I did it. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know how I came to that conclusion. Um, yeah. In the end, I think it was just like, it's happened to me three times. Yeah. What's stopping it from happening again? Yeah. Um, I wanted to still be able to, you know, live my life relatively well. Yeah. Um, and if I was to do it again, I just don't know what I would do and how I'd cope. So, yeah, that was a pretty tough decision. I, yeah, I can't really tell you exactly how I came up with that decision, but I did somehow. And I think about, <laughs> you know, being a teacher now, yeah. I was only 19, 20 at the time. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been 19. I don't think it was even 20 yet. Um, I don't know how my students these days, I think about them, if they had to make that decision, yeah. you know, two years after they finished school. It would have forced I know, you to grow up pretty quickly. Far out. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I don't know how I made that decision. And my parents are probably the ones that would be able to tell you a bit better. They'd yeah. probably know the conversations we had because I don't remember a whole lot from that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. How important were your parents oh, and those support huge. networks for you? Huge. Oh, yeah. Massive. Um you know, just even taking me to everywhere I needed to go and physio appointments in the city, you know, we were living down here on the peninsula and yeah. just everything. So they, they did a lot for me and, um, yeah, certainly supported me in all the decisions that I made. My mum's probably pretty happy that I decided not to go back and play <laughs> netball. But <laughs> she probably couldn't have gone through it again. You <laughs> no, might have been able to. That's she exactly right. Um, but in a way, you know, it also affected them too. Oh, of course. They loved watching me play just as much as I loved yeah. playing. So... They had to, you know, deal with that as well. So, yeah, it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. So that was that was within two years of the first one. So that was That's June insane. 2011. So I had, yeah, three recos in less than two years, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Nice. Which, what other support networks did you, I guess, enlist throughout that time? Um, I went and had to see, I saw a sports psych. Yep. Um, just, she was more of a specialist in, like, retirement. Um, so she'd work with a lot of elite athletes in actually making that transition from elite sport into normal life. Yeah. So I saw her for a good couple of months and that was awesome. It was probably what I needed and yep. looking back on it, I'm glad I did it. Awesome. Um, and my netball community were great as well. You know, a lot of people say your sporting families are, are your families and it's 100% true. Definitely. So. Um, Throughout that time, I actually went straight into coaching pretty much because um, the hardest thing was me is I didn't want to give up netball because that's where a lot of my friends were. You know, at that time, I had my school friends and I had my netball friends and that was yeah. pretty much it, whereas you know, now I've got a whole range of networks. But back when you're 19 years old, that's pretty yeah, much all you have, people, yeah. you know. So I couldn't, I didn't want to leave that environment knowing that that's where all my friends were and I'd, it'd probably be harder for me going through my rehab not having them around me. Um, even though I wasn't coming back to play. So, so yeah, it took on pretty much a coaching role pretty much straight away from that point. Yeah. Once I decided that netball clearly wasn't for me. 
Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy to make yeah. that. I guess at, at twenty to make that decision of yeah. a sport you've grown up playing and loving and things yeah. like that. How so? How did the the goalposts move in terms of what your goals were and what you wanted to achieve? It took a while. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch netball for probably a good year, or if I did, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it took a while for me. I, I I remember going through that and saying to. It got to a point probably a year after, so that would have been, I don't know, 2012 or something, where I remember vividly remember saying to my friends, I can actually watch netball now. Yeah. Um, so it did take a fair while. Um, but once I started coaching, it was sort of a new passion for me and a new environment that I quite enjoyed. And it was a, a focus that I could actually put, you know, everything that I'd done made it somewhat worthwhile. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started coaching under 15s and, and then slowly have worked my way up, but even just being able to put that um, experience and knowledge and things onto someone like under 15s was how I changed my focus, I guess. Um, yeah, which which helped me a lot. It really did. I'm glad I did it. Um, it was it was hard, but I'm very glad I did it. Excellent. Yeah. Did you? I guess it was probably maybe even a little bit after you did yours. But have you spoken to guys like Daniel Menzel and? Alex Johnson and guys like that? You no, know, I haven't, but I've certainly followed their stories. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I guess it's crossed my mind that, you know, these people were able to get through three, four yep. knee recos and, and still get back out there. And I guess, but for me, I wasn't in an elite environment. Yep. You know, if I was, I'm sure I probably would have come back yep. from that third so one. You know, I'd work, yeah. I had to pay for all my rehab, I had to pay for my physios, I had to do yep. all of that. Well, for the first ones, my dad did. But, <laughs> but, you know, if it kept going on, you know, it was just... If I hadn't been in a different environment, I probably would have. And I had that support, you know, that constant physio support, strength and conditioning support. I, yeah. I probably would have. But, um, yeah, I, I just had a normal life that I had to live. So I couldn't, I couldn't put all of my eggs in that basket, I guess. Yeah. yeah so there are certainly stories that I followed along and have been able to, I don't know, kind of relate to it in some perspective. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the different environments certainly, impact, certainly impacted on the fact that I just couldn't quite come back. Yeah. For, yeah. I guess, younger humans, guys our age and mm. maybe a little bit older that have been through or are going through those long-term injuries, what yeah. advice would you have? Um, just to stick with it and, you know, be true to what you, you can do and how you're feeling. Like, you're going to have your shit days, you're going to have your good days, you're going to yeah. have days where you just don't want to do your rehab and that's okay. You know, it, it's yeah. okay to have those days where life just sucks um, because at the end of the day it'll be worth it when you when you do come through them and can work on yeah it at the end of the day you're going to be a better better person for it and you're going to be stronger for it and if you can come back from them and be even stronger it's just going to make you know the, the rest of your career or your playing days or things like that much better yeah, so, awesome. yeah. what lessons that you've learned ne- like over the last what 10 years mm-hmm. can you now pass on to your students every day well the one thing I preach to them every damn day is that you know they think they're going to be this elite athlete yeah. and yes some of them might be but you know I could have been an elite athlete too but I'm not yeah. um so I try and teach them every day they need to have a backup plan there has to be something that if they don't get drafted if they don't go to America and go to college and yeah. things like that they have to know what they're going to do um and, and for me, school was, you know, I was quite lucky. I was quite a good student as it was. So I always had a backup plan because netball back at that point in time was never going to give me a career anyway. Yeah. Um, but, 
yeah, to my students, it's I tell them, you know, when when they come, oh, it's fine, Miss. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna play professional footy. I was like, well, you might, but yeah, if you don't, what else can you do? And yeah, and that's a a lesson that I like to give my students all the time because awesome. yeah, oh yeah, as I said, I could have been doing it, but I'm not, and I was very lucky that I had a backup plan. Yeah. And even if they even if they do get to there, they get to thirty or thirty five, and they've got exactly to they've right. got to retire, and they need a backup plan. plan exactly anyway. right. So. Exactly right. So you know, education is super important for my students, and whatever that education is, it might be achieving extreme heights, or it might just be getting through and getting a pass and being able to move on to something they want to do. That's that's exactly fine, and that's what we want to do. So yeah, um, yeah super important to make sure that. Sport is not always life. <laughs> definitely, definitely. How did you make the transition, I guess, into coaching and how's coaching progressed for you over the last few years? Um, so, yeah, I was pretty lucky, you know, obviously going down the teaching path anyway. Teaching and coaching worked as one a lot yep. of the time and, um, you know, the skills that I have in one work in the other. And so I just took it um, pretty much a year at a time and worked my way up. So I started in the 15s. Um, at Peninsula Waves in our VNL club, so I yep. started in our development and then worked up um, in that development um, side of our club, and then um, only took me a couple of years, and I was coaching under 19s in VNL, and then was coaching Division One in VNL, and now I'm up in champ, so awesome. um, I'm champ assistant this year and was last year, so the last couple of years I've been able to work my way in that. So, you know, whilst it's crappy and no good when you when you can't play, when you get out and you can actually coach and um, pass on your skills in other ways and when I, the way I looked at it too is that I'm coming out and I was starting I started coaching when I was 19 by the time you know all my friends that I played with are, are now coming out and coaching I'm going to be worlds ahead of them and yep. all my qualifications and things are, are already up to date and quite high so I've been given a little bit of a jump start on that too cool. um, as to where that takes me I don't know um, who knows I might just be a you know local club coach forever yeah. and that's fine so or I might do something big I don't know so cool. it's kind of allowed me to work into that space as well beautiful yeah. and you're back playing yeah I am <laughs> <laughs> now oh god how did, how did you make that decision uh, I don't know um <laughs> so I started playing last year um so this was six years post the last time I played so yeah. obviously the last time I played was just before it's a long time two. it's a long time um I honestly never thought I would play again. I really didn't. Um, I never thought I could do it, but yeah, so that was pretty much, I, pr I played pretty much six years post the last time I played and about five years post Rico number three Yeah. was by the time I got back. So I don't even know how, I started coaching footy netball down in Tyab and um, just loved it. And I guess every day I was there, I was like, you know what, I, I could probably do this yep. um you know the intensity is not as high as what is it vnl and i was like oh, maybe maybe and i thought about it before the pre-season i was like nah can't do it can't do it and then got to oh it's probably a few games in i was like no you know what stuff it i'm gonna give it a crack yeah cool and so it took me probably a couple of weeks to build up my momentum and then i went up to my physio and i said i've got a secret for you just, what's that <laughs> So this is our club fees out finish. I said, I've got a secret. She goes, oh, I love secrets. What is this? <laughs> and I said, oh, I think I want to come back and play. She goes, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, I, I think I want to play again. Cool. And um, I was like, can you help me? She goes, oh, my God, Kiri, yes, I can help you. So I think I went in and saw her. <laughs> I, hadn't been, I hadn't been to the gym. I hadn't really 
done that much in the yeah. last six years really well probably five years since I got Rico number three and worked through it um and she did all the tests and things like that so this is about I had my I had it pinned we were playing in Germana and Germana's an indoor court yeah and that was about eight weeks away I was like right if I do some work over the next eight weeks and I said I said to Emma my physio I said if I do the work over the next eight weeks yeah. do you reckon I could get there and she did the tests and things and Stability-wise, my knees were perfect. They were great. I just Good. had no strength in my yeah. legs. So um, the, one of the hardest things for me that I found was actually when I was playing, you've got your structured strength and conditioning time. You've got your structured fitness time. You've got your on-court time. So when I was coaching, I was now coaching in that time and I had to find time to yeah. actually get to the gym myself. Definitely. And it was just hard work. And yeah. I also didn't have the motivation. It was like, what's the point of me actually going out there? I can't do what I love I can't do what I want to do so I found it yeah I pretty much didn't enter the gym for probably a good five years I still you know ran and walked and did all that sort of stuff yeah. but nothing you were active but not I was active, training training correct yeah so I still remember the day after I went and saw Emma and she did all the tests and man my legs were the sorest they have been <laughs> in years I couldn't yeah. get up and down from the seat I said Emma what have you done to me um and so yeah, she was like, you know what, I reckon if you do the work, if you do this, this and this, we might get you there. And yeah. eight weeks later, I went and saw her the week before and she said, yeah, no, nah, you're good. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a crack. She said, ball's in your court now. You've done everything you need to. And if you want yeah. to do it, you can do it. So got back out there and played. Awesome. How, how'd the first game go? Oh, um, <laughs> it's a bit of a blur, to be honest. Um, I don't remember much of it, except that every quarter time I was like, all right, I've got... You know, quarter time, I was like, I've got three quarters to get through. At half yeah. time, I've got, I've got a half to get through. And I just wanted to get through that game. Like, yeah. that was all I wanted to do was just get through it. And I actually played all right, which was kind of nice. Um, awesome. It was nice being back. Um, but, yeah, God, it was hard. It was hard work. So I originally just planned to fill in whenever they need me to. But in the end, I was ended up trying to qualify for finals. We didn't make finals, but so that yeah. was probably a blessing in it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would have been up for the... <laughs> For the battle the of that, yeah. yeah, of finals. But I think I, I would have coped and fine. But, yeah, I certainly feel like my legs are the strongest I've ever been. And I've also got time on my side too. Like, these new ACLs have been in there for five, six, seven years now. Yeah. So, I trust them. And Good. that's probably been the main thing in coming back and playing is that prior to that, I didn't trust my knees at yeah. all. You yeah. know, we play a student V teacher basketball game at school <laughs> and I, you know, be crapping my daps that something's yeah. going to happen yeah. um, whereas now I trust my knees that they can do it and so yeah so played B grade last year and now I've been uh, conned into playing A grade this good. year and almost what four weeks left in the season and I've so got through good and so feeling far. good and Great. yeah so it's, it's been fun it's it's nice being back I still do get my, my moments where I freak out and I certainly don't don't go into contests that I don't need to yeah. um, but I guess yeah. that's a little bit of the beauty of footy netball too you can it's not as yeah, serious as some of the other yeah, competitions, um, so I can pick and choose what I do, and you know, as soon as anything doesn't feel right, I can. <laughs> I'm Pull playing coach. I can take yeah. myself off. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I just um, do that. So it's been, um, it's been fun. It's my, my nan, my grandparents are down at Tyab, and my nan comes over every week. Kira, you shouldn't be playing. Kira, you shouldn't be playing. I was like, well, I am nan, so you just deal with it. Deal with it. Jeez, that sounds so familiar. <laughs> Well, Nana, have you given up footy yet? No, no Nana. <laughs> They're so rough. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's my Nana. She tells me every week that I shouldn't be playing, but yeah, that's, that's all right. Cool. i still get out there. So, yeah, six years in the making and I was back out there. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. How important for you was that, I guess, mindset of 
my knees are okay now or yeah. I have faith in my knees that they're going to do massive, the job. Yeah. Massive. Because as I said, I didn't trust them. I yeah. really didn't. And also the fact that I hadn't done I hadn't done the work, whereas now I know I've done the work yeah. and now I'm maintaining the work. Yeah. Um, you know, I go to the gym once or twice a week, but it's enough for me to be able yeah. to maintain what I need to in terms of the strength whilst also training and playing. So, yeah, um, yeah getting the trust back in them was massive. Yeah. Massive. Um, and it definitely took till till this year to really trust them and see that I can actually play at that level and trust myself, trust my body. And yeah, because up until that point, you know, I had no trust for my knees. Yeah. Because I hadn't really tested them either. Yeah. That's, so, that's one thing. Um, yeah, so now if a friend calls me up and says, do you want to play a casual game of netball? I can say yes. And that was really one of the yeah. main motivators behind it. If that's someone cool. comes to me and said, Kira, do you want to play a game of netball today? I'll be like, yeah, you know what? I actually do. And that's okay. That's really cool. Um, so yeah, getting that trust back was pretty yeah. important. Well, from a, like a strength coaching point of view, yeah. if you think you're getting injured, and there's a lot of research to back this up, if yeah. you think you're getting injured and you're worried about something, yeah. there's a good chance you're getting injured. Absolutely. Like, I've been there and I'm sure you've been there mm. with the knees, but if you're not at a stage where you think I'm right to play, then you probably shouldn't be playing. That's exactly right. And and that's what Emma, my physio, <coughs> really put into me. She said, Kira, everything structurally is fine here. Yeah. You know, you've got the strength now, the structure in your knees is good you've just got to back it now yeah. um, and that was really important for me that was massive yeah, for, the, was for, the, for those guys who are struggling through injuries and yep. repeated injuries and yep. and they're struggling with that mental aspect mm. do you, would you recommend they go see a sports psych absolutely um, absolutely my psych seeing that psych was even though it wasn't to get back and play just helping me come to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to play yeah. was good yeah um, and yeah, there's certainly no shame in doing that either. You yeah. know, there's a little so bit of stigma important. around, isn't there? There totally is, and you know, I've studied psych at uni, so yeah. um, it's something that came into that as well. You know, getting that that stigma and understanding that they're just there to help. And of course, um, yeah, potentially it might have been worthwhile for me to do it earlier on. Um, but uh, I'm pretty strong, and I I'm pretty strong-willed, and I knew what I needed. And as soon as my physio. Um, back then after Rico number three said alright you're not playing I suggest you go and see this one she's worked with all the elite athletes in yeah. moving into retirement and things like that and that's how we need to treat it so um, yeah I, I think it was definitely worthwhile and anyone out there who needs who needs a little bit of support by all means seek it because you just never quite know how they're going to help you know it might only help a small bit but it might help a it's lot still helping for some people exactly Exactly. What well, What was the the main thing that's I guess surprised you getting back into it after five years out? Oh, um, the main thing that probably surprised me is that I actually could still play. <laughs> yeah. um, that was one of oh, that was also one of the battles. It's like, was I really that good? Was I really able to play that well and things like that? And that was probably one of the main things that surprised me. I was like, mm. you know, I actually was okay at this, and I still am, and I still have, I guess, the mindset to play and to do have all the skills and all that sort of stuff. So I think that probably surprised me the most was cool. that after six years not playing, I could actually still play. Um, and other than that, that was probably it, to be honest. Because um, I'd been coaching, I was still in, you know, in contact with the netball world and knowing yeah. what, you know, the pace of things and things like that. So, yeah, yeah I reckon the most surprising thing was personal, <laughs> was that I could actually still play, yeah, which was good. nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. You spoke about your motivation kind of ebbing and flowing a little yeah. bit. How important for you was that discipline around, I've just got to get it done every day? Um, it was pretty important, um, but at times it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, 
and that's all right, especially yeah, after Rico 3. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the motivation to come back and play. So I still knew that to have a normal life with my knees, I guess, I had to do it. Yeah. Um, so I still did, and I still knew that if I did the work, my knees would be good. So um, you definitely need that motivation. And if you can hook in with someone who can help you with that, you know, even if it's someone that you can go to the gym with, once or twice a week, um, actually hook in to have that motivation to continue to do it, super important. Um, But yeah, you are going to have days where you don't want to do it and that's okay. That's totally okay. As long as it's not prolonged, I guess, because you still got to do your rehab. You have to do it. There's, you know, you've had major surgery, you've got to do it and make sure that it's set for life. But um, yeah, there will be days where you don't want to do it and that's okay. Where to from here with your coaching and playing and teaching and everything what's, what's the, what are you aiming for you're not sure to be honest I don't really know just enjoying, um, enjoying the, the process I am I'm just enjoying it and I'm enjoying being able to play again be back on the court with some of my friends and yeah. having a laugh and you know laughing when things just don't go right in the court <laughs> you know yesterday things certainly didn't go right in the court and you just laugh because I'm playing netball so that's awesome um, yeah I don't know I don't know where I really want to get to I've sort of got no at the moment, no real long-term goals in terms of teaching or um, or netball. It's kind of just going with the flow. Cool. Lots of other things are happening in my life. Yeah. So, um, you know, if netball needs to take a little bit of a backseat for a while, that's also okay. Um, so, yeah, it's just super busy. Life's just crazy and just trying to juggle lots of different things, but that's all right. So, yeah, I love my teaching and I want to keep pushing that as much as I can. And obviously, if that does mean netball, for example, needs to take a back seat, then that's okay too. Yeah. Um, and vice versa, really. So, yeah, I'm incredibly lucky to be doing what I'm doing and enjoying it. And, yeah, playing's fun too. Awesome. <laughs> I love the mindset. Yeah. I love where you're at because it's, it's obviously taken a little while to get yeah. to that point. But Massive. it's mm-hmm. um, you seem kind of at peace with what you're doing, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right. I've got a few questions for you to finish All up. Right. It can have everything to do with what we've spoken about okay. so far or absolutely nothing. Okay. First one, Uh-oh. what is success to you? Um, I think success to me is just being comfortable and within yourself, just having your own confidence in yourself too. You know, that's successful. If, if yep. you're not loving what you're doing and you're not enjoying yourself and being successful in yourself, then there's probably not much point. Awesome. So, yeah, that's me. Now, I'm going to give you two, two parts to this question. Okay. If you could give teenage you one piece of advice, what would it be? Oof. But I want two pieces of advice. I want one when you're pre-three knees and one okay. post-three knees. Oh, okay. Um, oh, pre three knees, it would be, well, actually, um, <laughs> if I had to give myself advice before I had my knees done, it would be to just treasure the experiences that I get from playing. Yeah. Um, and also not to rush things. Yeah. Things will happen when they're supposed to happen. Um, but I guess, yeah, it's hard in respect to that. I would still give myself that advice. Um, but I don't for a second regret trying to get back and playing and things like that. So, you know, yes, I might take it a little bit slower, but I don't, yeah, do not for a second regret trying to get back and playing those things. Ooh, post uh, advice to my 19-year-old self post deciding not to play netball would be to enjoy the experiences that I got from not playing netball. Um, I was really lucky that, you know, every, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. I didn't know why I had these three reconstructions, but they happened. And I think one of the reasons was my partner was, he was working overseas a lot. Um, 
So if I was playing, I wouldn't have been able to go and see him. And so I got to travel the world after awesome. my knee recos. And so I, it would just be to enjoy those experiences and be able to actually take them in because, you know, things do happen for a reason and maybe that's one of them. So, cool. yeah. Good. What's the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? Oh, God. That's a hard <laughs> question. Um, I don't even know. Um, I like to think I'm a nice person most of the time. Good. <laughs> um, oh, I really think it probably comes down to my work life, yep. you know, looking out for my, my students and day making day. sure they have a good time and learning something, building something. Oh, I would like to think that that's probably most of my day. Good. Uh, being a nice, doing nice things for them. I don't know, they probably wouldn't agree with me half the time, <laughs> let's be honest, but yeah, I, I don't think I have one specific cool. thing. <laughs> What's the last book you read start to finish? Oh, it's a school book. It's really good though. It's called The Giver. Awesome. And my year eights are reading it at cl- in class at the moment. What's the um, main teaching point that you want your year eights to get from ooh, it? Um, is that not everything is perfect. Not good. everything is perfect. Um, things may seem perfect, but might not always be, and... Sometimes trying to be perfect actually causes issues. Good. Like so, that. yeah, that's my book that my year eights are reading, and I've just read it from start to finish just this weekend. So, yeah, it's a good one. Awesome. Who are your biggest influences? Ooh, uh, my parents, yeah. massively. They're my biggest influences. Um, yeah, the support that they've given me is huge. Good. Um, yeah, my parents. Same. Yeah. <laughs> if you could be remembered in one sentence, what would it be? know um if i could be uh, probably resilient i reckon yeah self-explanatory easy yeah <laughs> a couple of favorites to finish up oh. favorite quote do you know what i actually don't have one what i know i don't have one i don't know why That's okay. i have used a lot of quotes there's a lot of teaching quotes out there yeah um I like to look at a range of quotes and see them influence my life in different ways. Cool. So I don't have one. That's all right. It's bad, but that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> favorite movie? Oh, I love actually. <laughs> my favorite one. <laughs> favorite recording artist? Oh, I'm an R&B fan. I don't have one. We we're actually discussing this at netball the other week. Yeah. I can just Whatever. know words to lots of different <laughs> songs. That's a talent. We were talking about me rapping Eminem and I said I'd do that pretty good. Um, we have lip sync battles coming up, nice. but I think I would take that one. Uh, I don't have one. Cool. Any R&B though. Favourite resource and it, just from new information? My computer. That's awesome. cool. I'm yeah. always finding new resources, new things to spread on my children and <laughs> help them with. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, my computer. I wouldn't live without it. We had no internet at work the other way, and it was a disaster. I couldn't find my resources, get what I need, impart what I need. Yeah, yeah that's my computer. Favourite hobby? Oh, um, outside of netball, I'd say it's just listening to music. Yeah, cool. Um, we just packed up my house recently, and I was just grooving to some music and Good. listening to some music um, while I was doing that. So, yeah, I enjoy a bit of music. Nice. Sometimes driving to and from work, I decide whether I want to listen to the people talking or listening to yep. some music, and yeah, awesome. that's about it. Last question. Yeah. What's your teaching philosophy? Oh, my teaching philosophy is that education needs to be something that you need to have motivation for and to do. Um, if there is, obviously, education needs to have that little bit of a 
you need to have that want to do it. Um, but you also need to see the value in it as well. So I yeah. try and pass it on to my kids every single day that, you know, education has its value. There might not always be, um, you know, you might not always see how you're going to use that every single day. But, yeah. um, you know, at some point you'll go, oh, that's why Miss Wills told me about that. And <laughs> yeah. So just to see that uh, while you might not see the importance yet, yeah. you know, one day you might and that it has its purpose. Awesome. It a, yeah. Purpose, isn't it? It's good. Thanks for sharing. That's okay. That was a lot of fun. No worries. That's good. Well done. Good old.